This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy. That is new every morning. Thank you for your love that never fails. And thank you for looking upon us favorably with a heart of love. We are grateful that this morning we have gathered in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And by his spirit alone, we ask to hear from you. We rebuke every demonic presence and every demonic intrusion, every demonic distraction in whatever fashion or form is presented at us. And we humbly submit ourselves to say, Lord, for your servants heareth, speak therefore. Speak to us that we may have light. Deliver us from crooked paths and purge our hearts that we may serve you and walk with you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Please be seated. Great. Like I told you some months ago, or some few days ago, uh, I'm running two churches for now. It may be three, it may be four. But what I'm realizing and I'm learning is that even though I am growing older in terms of serving the Lord, my responsibilities are not getting less. Because the children that should rise up and become me have not risen up. And it's only the Lord who knows why. As, as a parent, sometimes you, you are in pain when your children don't grow up to take up responsibilities but it is also the doing of the Lord and so instead of being angry with your children well just do what you can do when your time is over uh, and you are gone they will be accountable for their own sins hallelujah yeah you know I was just telling somebody right now that I will talk you know at first I made up my mind to be quiet and not stop speaking, just do what I need to do. But I said, rather I would talk and continually keep talking and encouraging. And then he said, Muruti, don't stop. And I said, the only thing I want you to know is that for every speech I make, for every counsel I give to you that you don't obey, it will be used against you in your day of judgment. Do you get it? Because sometimes people think that, oh, he likes talking. Do you get it? But anyway, it's better than him being quiet. So let him talk, but we will do what we want to do. No, that's a mistake. Because when you read the Bible, when God was rebuking the Israelites, he reminded them, I sent my prophets, not prophets, rising up early in the morning. 
and late at night to speak to you and you will not hear so every sender that is sent into your life to tell you of something that God is saying don't don't just uh, let them talk it's counting your clock is ticking your clock is ticking against you and it will work against you and you will pay a heavy price you will discover it later do you, do you get it because you see the judgment of God is not based on the way we see judgment it's not based on the way we see judgment and the way we expect judgment to be that you do this and I punish you no no or you do this and I spank you it's not like that you see the scripture says when there's a scripture that says when thou art judged that thou art without an excuse you get it so the judgment of God or put it this way the, the judgment of God is actually involved in different opportunities being given to you so that you cannot say that this was not done that's why I did this so you see that when you finally have to stand before God you discover that every window of opportunity is closed every window of opportunity is closed you see because sometimes when when you can it's almost like oh I didn't know this and the truth is you didn't know do you get it but when when a messenger has been sent and you are it's like you had an opportunity to know it's not that you did is that you used the patience of God patience of God is manifested in this that he's until he, you have exhausted all your possible excuses he will not take you up mm-hmm. he will not take you up so remember that every time something is reminded or you are reminded about something or you are told to do something or you whatever and you are not doing it remember that it's almost like I'm in the room and this window would have let in some air then I shut it one I keep shutting the door so every time you don't respond to a word of admonition a word of counsel a word of encouragement a word that is to give you direction and strength every time you don't respond to it you are one by one closing the windows and the door of escape so when you stand before God on the day of judgment you are without excuse there's a scripture they said when thou art judged that will be without excuse thou art without excuse is it and, and, and the same a similar scripture itself it says, thou art inexcusable, O man, that judges thou another. With the same judgment you judge, you shall be judged. Do you get it? So it's almost like he's explaining that, you see, when you judge somebody on something that you have also committed, you are without an excuse. Amen. 
So that, that's, that's one side of the thing. But I'm really talking about most of these things that a lot of us are hearing things constantly, morning after morning, night after ma- night, but we don't even stop to think about it. Hallelujah. And for those of you watching on Zoom, it's the same message for you. You know, some of you should be actually shepherds and pastors that are caring for the flock of God. But you have chosen the comfort of your home. Go ahead. I have a duty. You see, I will not, I learned that thing that you cannot stop your duty when you have been tasked. This is the work you have been given to do. Preach my word. Speak my word. It should not depend on whether the people are hearing or not. Because if you, if you say they are not hearing you, they are not listening, so you stop. You will be judged as not completing your work. So you see the prophets of God. It's like they don't stop preaching because the people were not responding. And then as a parent, I'm also learning that thing. I keep on talking to my children. And I will always talk. But what I will do is to insulate myself from being worked up by their non-response. So I will talk, but I will not let it go with the anger that normally goes with a stubborn child. Do you get it? But as for the talking, I will talk. When I was young, that's when I get irritated. But it's like, my duty is to guide you. My duty is to speak the word of God as it is. That's my duty. Your response is your duty. You see, one day the Lord showed me and explained to me that you are not, respo- you are not rewarded for receiving your privileges. You are rewarded for discharging your responsibilities. Did you hear what I said? We are not, there's no reward for receiving my privileges as a child of Christ. The reward that I will get from God has to do with discharging my responsibilities as a child of God. And you know, sometimes in life, people focus on their privileges that is not granted them. To the neglect of their responsibilities for which they will be rewarded. <laughs> you didn't hear what I said. Did you hear? Think about it. Let me give you an example. You see, I have, a, I have privileges as a husband, as my position as a husband. There are privileges that must come to me, such as food must be provided for me, my clothes must be washed. Do you get it? My room must be cleaned. I don't have to lift a finger in terms of cooking and eating. If as a husband, as a position of husband, do you get it? Now, in the same position of a husband, I have a responsibility towards the household. 
Number one, the security of the household. Number two, providing for the household. Number three, being the priest of the house. And so many other things that ahead is expected to be responsible for. Now, most husbands don't think about their responsibilities. They think about their privileges. And similarly, wives. Anything I say, husband, the reverse is true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Most husbands, when they are angry, they are not over, they are not angry over hindrance to discharging their responsibilities. What they are angry over and where the fight is, is their privileges. But you see, the reward for being the head of the house is not for receiving your privileges. You don't get rewarded for your husband making sure that the school fees is paid. No. You get rewarded for being a good counsel to the call of God upon his life and to the role being a good counsel for him to discharge his responsibilities as the head of the family. It has not occurred to you. Eh? It has not occurred to you. Think about it. And most, 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 most husband-wife quarrels has to do with privileges that are not being received. <laughs> it is never over responsibilities that are not carried out. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the day when a wife will say that my husband is not allowing me to be a wife for him. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm waiting for that day. And the reverse is true. Where it's like the reason for the marriage council is somebody complaining that they are not being allowed to carry out their responsibilities. That my wife doesn't allow me to buy clothes for her. Before I realize she has bought the clothes already. <laughs> my wife doesn't allow me to pay the children's school fees. Every time I go, it has paid already. What, what does that make me as a man in the house? I, I'm saying I've been a pastor from 1996. That is how many? 20, it's not long, 25 years. When I was made a pastor and I started counseling, I was doing counseling people already, but from when I now officially became a pastor and I counseled couple and all those things, I've never had a quarrel that I'm resolving between couples that has to do with one person being hindered from discharging their responsibilities. It's never happened. Maybe if it has, I didn't take note of it. Isaac. Is that, not, is that not the same thing we do with God? Why am I preaching this? Because this is not what I came to preach. <laughs> no, this is not what I came to preach. 
But, but, but the question is, don't we do the same thing with God? When was the last time you prayed that Lord you said I'm the light of the world but I can't see the light in me. What we say is Lord I've been praying for a husband for the past five years and you don't seem to mind me. We continually remind God of the privileges he promised us in the Bible. But never do we have a serious discourse with him over the responsibilities that he has given to us as Christians in the world. But he will never reward us for the privileges that are due us because we have received Christ. The reward of this life and the life that is to come is for discharging your responsibilities towards him as God. Maybe let's think again. Let's think again. Show me where you are rewarded for taking your privileges in the Bible. Yeah. Show me where you are rewarded tell my children look I'm responsible for paying your school fees I'm responsible for making sure that you go to school I'm responsible for buying you tables to study I'm responsible for getting you textbooks and that I do that I do one of these days I, I said I wanted to punish them in the house and and the punishment is I want to be able to get to a place where there's no food in the house just for them to feel to see how it feels like when somebody decides to be responsible but by the grace of god it is like it's a tall order because for them to eat all the food in the house that's go to the freezer and everything it's a lot of work (laughs) i mean it's like i have to travel for together with my wife we have to travel for about two weeks but even that it won't work because all they have to do is to pick a food and call some of our church members that they know that once they say oh, auntie we have no food they will have food so it's almost like it won't work no no I've, I've thought about it but I realized that it won't work because they are also of age of course if they were not of age I wouldn't have thought about such a thing to them because if they were not of age, they wouldn't be, I wouldn't hold them responsible for anything. But now that they are of age, they don't discharge their responsibilities. So I just wanted to make them feel how it feels like for somebody to be responsible. But I realized that I can't. But they, they, you see, I, I, I get rewarded for discharging my responsibilities. But they don't get rewarded for enjoying the privileges they have as having a father and a mother who looks after them. I mean, you don't get rewarded for having a room to sleep in. You get rewarded for discharging your responsibility of studying. 
You get rewarded for discharging your responsibility of obeying your parents. That's what God said. If I am your father, where is my honor? I said, that's what God said. Malachi, if I am your father, where is my honor? I don't know if we understand this thing. Are you here with me? Listen. Let not any preacher deceive us. Let not any preacher deceive us and to think that the more of our privileges we have Which verse is it? If I am your father, is it Malachi or Malachi one? Yeah. He says, "A son honoreth his father." And a servant, his master. If I then be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest that despise my name. So you see, the Lord is asking his priests, and don't, don't dare say that, oh, you see, the Lord is asking the priest, it's not us. We've been made kings and priests unto our God. Mm-hmm. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy people, called forth to show his praises. If I am your father, where is my honor? In other words, if I am your father, where is your responsibility? Because your responsibility is to honor the father. That's why many years ago, I remember talking to my father. Because of some difficulties that went on when I was... He had, he had the ability to do certain things for me. And it didn't work out well. So he asked. So, so I was doing my portions. And he actually said to me that it's difficult for him to enjoy his honor. That's what he said. I remember he said to me, He calls me by my first name, my English first name, not my African first name. So when he said it, I said to him that it is my responsibility 
to do what I'm doing for you. Yeah, it is my responsibility. It is your honor to receive my responsibilities towards you. I'm not going to allow my privileges that I didn't get from you to determine what I don't do at the end of the day when I stand before the maker I would be without an excuse and you see we deal with God in the same way and he's asking where is my honor or in other words where is your responsibility towards me as your father Because if I'm your father, why don't you obey me? Why doesn't my word have its place in you? You see, your responsibility as a child of God is to see to the implementation, the word of God in your life. Look, don't, don't, don't let any pastor tell you that you are without responsibilities as a child of God. Your first responsibility is to decide whether you are going to accept Jesus as your Lord or not. That's your first responsibility. After you have taken a decision, whether to the left or to the right, the next step is if you have received Jesus into your life, your next responsibility is to obey him. This has not been preached to us. And we have always felt like we don't have any responsibility towards God. We have a responsibility. Don't let any pastor tell you that you are under grace. So because you are under grace, you, are, you can just do anything, anyhow you want. No, God has an expectation of you. Amen. Considering, considering how much he has invested in us. Considering the price he has paid for your redemption. He has an, you see the, the price to set you free do you get it it's not to your cost but the responsibility to live a life that acknowledges the price that has been paid for you is yours hallelujah and you see today I'm just sharing briefly on the area of our finances you see it is your responsibility to manifest the provision of God for your life it is your responsibility by working in the principles that he has set out you see most of us want to prosper but the steps we take is contrary to the giving steps that God has said we should take. Yeah. And you know, I've always had this book. But am I allowed to be honest with you? Where is the tithing book? You see, this book, I've read different chapters. But sometimes... You know how it is. I don't know if it happens to you. But sometimes you are tempted to jump some of the chapters. But I've been reading properly. 
chapters 12 actually from chapter 11 okay no yeah chapter 11 chapter 12 and chapter 13 and I realized that there are clear principles that God has ordained in his word that we have to walk by now the Bible says that my people perish not because they are perishable yeah, because somebody can say my people perish because they are perishable <laughs> isn't it it can also be a scripture <laughs> because it's only perishable things that will perish but you see the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge you see the lack of knowledge is what makes us not have what we are or not manifest what must be manifested in our lives the lack of knowledge first of all you see we we don't we are in a physical world so we see what is physical but even in the physical world there's so much we don't understand you see unless you have studied physiology you may not be able to explain how your kidneys makes urine you may know how to make a local gene with the how do you say or what how do you call your local gene here is in Komboti. Yeah. Do you get it? You may know how to make it. But you don't know how the kidney makes urine. Unless you have studied it. Maybe unless, of course, if you went to school, they would teach you life, uh, life science, isn't it? Don't they teach it in life science? Is life science not compulsory for all students? Biology, okay, biology. In biology, you must also, some of these things are done. Of course, they just teach you the highlights. But see, when you do medicine, you understand it well. And you even go into details. The pathology of it and all the the physiology, the anatomy, and all the things. So you study it well. So you can explain how the body makes urine. But you see, because I have not studied physics, I cannot really explain much about the rocket and the science of it. I have a glimpse here and there, but that's all. in building I didn't do building engineering so I would have here there but not details you know building engineering has to do with forces and the forces are not visible forces they are invisible forces mm -hmm. so to your mind this is a straight wall but the engineer will tell you that there are other forces that can act on this wall so that this straight wall can come down at any time so because of that, let's reinforce it by putting in these iron rods and connecting them this way and some of the things you just, they say you should do it, just do it. 
That's how we operate. <laughs> and some of the forces, you never know they are there until they, something happens. Then you discover this force is also working. So, what you see, what you know depends on what you give yourself to. Now, in the same way, many of us are, according to the word of God, we are to manifest abundance in Christ. I mean, as a Christian, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Paul was explaining what is the portion of the Christian. Paul was explaining what our lives are meant to be by saying that for you know the grace the grace is the unmerited favor the help that you don't deserve of our lord jesus christ that though he was rich he had abundance he had prospered yet for your sakes he became poor yet for your sake not for heaven's sake for your sake he became poor that ye through his poverty might be rich so you see even though sometimes we have not spoken about riches because you see the human tendency or let me put it this way we have a tendency to based on the possible effects it may have that's 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 what happens we have a tendency to it's like this is the truth but we don't want to say the way it is because other people may go to the left of it so sometimes by so doing we tamper with the truth and not present it as it's supposed to be so it is almost difficult to say in a christian setting especially in a certain group of Christians preach about that we are not supposed to be poor. Oh yes. Because we also have scriptures that makes us say, hey, this is dangerous. Because the same Paul who is writing, though, for you know that the grace of our Lord, though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that he through his poverty might be rich. It's the same Paul that they that will be rich also fall into diverse kinds of temptations. So you see, the presence of these scriptures makes us not able to talk about it properly the way we ought to. But you will find out that it is also part of the gospel. It is also part of the gospel. And if we teach it and teach it the way the word of God says, it will also be the channel by which many people or some people would also rise up to work with God well. But you see, in our human wisdom, we select what to emphasize and what to keep silent. And even as a church, you can agree with us that we have 60 books. Only one is directly related to money. I mean, all of them are very indirect. 
Oh yeah, they are very indirect. But you see, we are talking about this direct one because it's also important to say it. And you see, when I read the chapters that I spoke about, 11, 12, 13, I realized that there is something significant about God's instruction that because we don't know how it works we tend not to obey it and remember that the instruction of God that we have to obey is not in the absence of Satan but in the presence of Satan who is a deceiver of the whole world including if you are in a world he will want to deceive you now the word of God has abundantly indicated with several scriptures how that we must give like as a human being you must be a giver when I read the chapters that I mentioned it came to light that the Jews believe their idea about giving is different from our idea about giving to them a giving person is the one who is more who is blessed and so they and they believe that you must not live beyond your means but rather give beyond your means do you know do you know you see so what it is is that their attitude about giving has led them to operate in addition to the giving principles that actually are needed for prosperity because one of the ways by which poverty comes is to live beyond your means one of the ways by which poverty comes is to live beyond your means and when you have to borrow to acquire anything i promise you you are living beyond your means you don't need prayers to know that you are living beyond your means i'm telling you right now if you have to borrow to do anything you are living beyond your means you see the reason you have to borrow is because you can't afford it I'm saying the reason you have to borrow is because you can't afford it you can afford to borrow but you can't afford what you are what you are buying so you see a people who believe that you have to live you, you have to you don't have to live beyond your means but you have to give beyond your means makes them adapt a way of life that does not throw them into poverty and that makes available the seeds of their lives that is meant to be sown for sowing most of us most of us most of us 99% of us eat our seeds oh yeah yeah I'm not talking about your seed of tithe no no I'm not talking about that yet 
You see, when you owe somebody, or you owe so much, when you are given 10,000, the first thing you think of is to pay your debt. You don't think of the 10,000 for investments. But if you didn't owe anybody, and you have been living before the 10,000 came, when the 10,000 comes, you will find something meaningful to do with it. I've been living within my means. So when you give me 10,000, I'm not going to think of buying shoes because the 10,000, whether it came or not, I was happy with the shoes I'm wearing. So the 10,000 is not going to pay for shoes and for clothes because I'm used to the clothes I have and what I said, this is my life. So the 10,000, the next thing I will, I will think of is what can I do with it to be, bring me more profit? So somebody will say, I'll put it in a unit trust. Somebody will say, I'll put it in an investment, whatever it is. But when you owe, when you owe, because you have been living beyond your means, every income is seeking which pothole to fill. And you see, because you have lived your life beyond your means, you have removed the ceiling of your life. You have removed completely the ceiling of your life. So no amount of increase would be enough because you have learned to live beyond your means. It's a learned behavior. What am I saying? What I'm saying is that in the kingdom of God, do you get it? There is a place for giving. And there are blessings that come over and above your effort. You see, your effort is to present the documents as is required. But if three of you have presented the document as is required, what influences the decision of who to choose? That's the question I'm asking you. If you have both scored 80% according to the document that is required for presentation or for the giving of the contract, of the three that have scored 80%, how do they decide who gets it? What other factors don't we know? What other voices don't we know? And mind you, the Bible has consistently told us and showed us that spirits speak to human beings. I said the Bible has consistently told us spirit speaks to human beings. So is there a spirit that is going to mention your name as the most favorable one to the deciding person amongst the group? Because when God wanted Ahab to die, I said when God wanted Ahab to die, the Lord asked, who will go? How are you going to do it? And the Spirit said, 
I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. The disciples, when they were, Jesus was leaving them in Matthew 20, is it Matthew 10 or so? He said, when you go or when you are going, when you are arrested and you are going to the Sahindri, don't bother what to say. In the same hour, it shall be given to thee what thou shalt say. For the spirit of your father in you speaketh. So what actions or which part of your life invokes the contribution of the Spirit of God in your favor? Mm-hmm. You see in the Bible how God always places himself to giving. Yes. He that giveth to the poor. I said he that giveth to the poor lendeth to God and when you watch the Jews they don't believe in they believe in the Messiah they don't believe Jesus is the Messiah majority of them but they believe in God and in as much as they always do things waywardly they have kept some of the key things about what God says and to them giving is something very important to them and if you check also almost every rich person always has a a charity what is it that what what secret do they have that we don't have and you see you are saying no I'm not rich that's why I don't have a charity you see if it is not part of you you will never do it even if you get rich see black people we don't sorry to say it like that but that's what it is black people we don't we don't if you like taking somebody's child that we don't know and say we are looking after them we don't do it you see why people are always fighting about babies to adopt suggest to a black person you don't have a child go and adopt a child you see what they tell you you really have to talk to them a lot and to show them how if by adopting a child it may allow the pregnancy to occur that's when they will start considering it (laughs) and and listen one of the things i've also come to realize that people who consider adoption when they are married and struggling to have children sooner or later have their own child what don't we know you see we may not work out the mathematical formula behind it but the observation should tell you that there must be something there must be a power there must be an invisible power at work so you see when the Lord in his wisdom teaches us to give to give to God to give to the poor to give to the needy most black people they help people that are connected to them direct connection but you will find us strangely do we help people we don't know and you see you see us and that's why we are poor that's why wherever we are we are poor because we don't do certain things that brings riches our minds work one way it's like a highway and one south that's the only place we know it's going south yes so we steal from God we don't give to God even what is his we don't give let alone over and above his 
think you are clever when you keep on saying, but I don't have. You see, the reason why, you see, every time you have an opportunity to give and you say, I don't have, you are confessing negative over your life that yeah, you will never have. You see, what God is not asking you to give a fixed amount. He's asking you to give according to as he has prospered you. So if he has prospered you with 10 rands and you can afford one rand, give it. You see, when you make this type of not so rational ways part of you, it, do, it does other things in you that you are not aware of. It does so many other things in you that you are not aware of. Oh yes. Oh yes. It does so many other things in you that you are not aware of. When I read it, I realized that ah, there are things that are important that I must okay. Because you see, we are, we are creatures of analysis and thoughts. So for you to do certain things, it, it's also before you realize you are actually thanking God if you want to if you go and take a stranger somebody that you are not blood related with and you decide that I'm going to help you before you realize in your process of you'll be saying that I could have been him you see the day you open your mouth and you say I could have been him what you are acknowledging is saying has been a help to you so you may not stand and say, I praise the Lord always. Praise the Lord with all your heart. You, don't, you may not say it, but in the silence of your heart, from where God picks up every signal, that discussion that went on in you, as other voices are telling you, don't mind that child, and you are saying, what you are saying is that somebody has helped you. And the state of that child somebody you God neglected is why your story had and therefore turning the good that was done unto you onto somebody else. You see, as a Christian, when you are concerned about the poor, the salvation, the gospel that you have received, that has made you have faith in Jesus and turn you from ancestral worship and other things, as you take the gospel to them, what you are saying is that I was once lost and I'm found. And I'll pay the price for somebody else to be found. Would God not bless you? I said, would God not bless you? He will bless you over and above what your life needs because you have proven that you are faithful. I say you have proven that you are faithful. And I pray to God that as we take our time to read the book, and I want you to read it yourself, let us do what God says we should do. This is where the scripture kept ringing in my ear. Uh, uh, Proverbs 3, 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
and lean not on your own understanding. You see, some of the things God asks you to do, they give you an opportunity to, to disobey your own understanding. You say, I don't, I don't, I'm not relying upon you. I'm relying upon what God said I should do. I'm doing it not because my understanding agrees with it. I'm doing it because God said. I said, I'm doing it because God said. It's like an opportunity that is being offered to you. And you see, the world would always tell you why. You sh- they would tell you things to help you to disobey God. They would never encourage you to obey God because the God of this world is Satan. Sometimes when I listen to the way people talk about churches, pastors, say they are enriching themselves. And I say to myself, they are enriching themselves. Well, I am obeying God. So if I'm obeying God by giving, and you use it to enrich yourself. I have no problem. I will get my reward from God because I gave. But you would answer to God what you use, what was given, or what you collected in his name. You will answer it. So I'm not going to allow somebody's irresponsibility to also make me irresponsible. I have a responsibility to honor God with the first fruit of my increase. I have a responsibility to obey the word of God, to give unto the poor, to give for his work to go further, for the blood of Christ to reach further. I have a responsibility. I will not make what my pastor does to make me irresponsible because I have a God to answer. You see, the work, whatever instruction God gave me is not tied to my pastor using the money well. It's not a human scheme whereby I'm going to get from the money that I gave to the church. No. And I'm not giving, it's not like I've invested into a scheme where they will invest it for me and then bring back my money. I'm giving because God says give. It is God who will give to me and to my life what I deserve for obeying him. That pastor, that church has God to obey. And if the pastor decides to use it to drive in different cars, it's up to him. I said it's up to him. If the government does not provide me with portable safe drinking water, it doesn't mean I should drink the unsafe water they provide. Because when I drink it, they will not die. I will die. Uh-huh. So if I have common sense enough not to do what I do, determined by what the government has done, why should I, in the same vein, reverse the thinking and say, now I'm not giving my offering, I'm not paying my tithe, I'm not doing good to the poor because the pastors are enriching themselves. Really? You are cutting off the windows of heaven over your life. 
I said, you are cutting the windows of heaven over your life. But I refuse to cut the windows of heaven over my life. You see, I didn't realize it. That in doing and giving to the work of God, myself and my substance, I have procured for my children security. Because listen, I wanted to punish them. By making sure or by getting to a place where they, they have no food in the house. But you see, they are so secured in having church people, I mean, so wide a number of people, that all they need is to just pick a phone and say, Auntie, we have no food in the house. Mommy and Daddy have traveled. And they will not even tell me anything before I realize they have more than they can carry. You see, so, so you see, I didn't know that I have purchased by, by doing the work of God, by giving my life. When I had them as students, and I would sometimes help them here, money, this, oh, their first apartment they rented, I gave them the money to go and rent. I don't know. Some people said they, you guys gave back. But I, I don't remember anything. I never gave. When I met them, they were children. Little did I know that I was buying for myself security. Security. For the, for the only useful thing I have in this life, which is my children. May the Lord, by his spirit, impart to your heart. A strong desire to trust him and to obey him not only in one area but in every area particularly in the area of your finances the wisdom that you don't have may the Lord pour into your heart that wisdom that will cause you to do things that brings abundance into your life. May you be delivered from the trap of borrowing that is abundant in the land. And may you be granted the grace to be content and to live within your means. Never to desire anything that you cannot afford to pay cash. No matter who says what and how enticing it is. That you may prosper in its trueness of prosperity. That you may have abundance to do God's will for your life. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for today and we give you praise. Thank you that there is no one like you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you as God. Thank you for loving us and bringing to our lives your pure word. May we be found to be doers of your word, not hearers only. Holy Spirit, help us to meditate on your truths that we have received of you today. Give us deeper insight and understanding and help us to be found to be true copies of what our lives are. Help us to be exact in manifesting God's grace that is abundant on us. Deliver us 
from inferior presentation of our savior whatever has been a door that is open to our lives in the name of jesus we declare it shut we take god by his word we believe it and we live it out we will never evaluate god by our minds but we would evaluate him by the works of his hands and confirm that he's god and there's none besides him thank you heavenly father in the name of jesus as every head is bowed and every eye closed i want you to know that a life without jesus is a life that is destined to perish a life without jesus is a life that is destined to receive the wrath of god in its full manifestation you may say i don't care but you will care i plead with you to seek peace with god by receiving jesus christ as your lord and savior that his purpose of blessing your life will come to pass as every head is bowed and every eye closed i want to say pastor i want to have peace with god and so i want to receive jesus christ as my lord and savior through whom i will receive the forgiveness of my sins and peace with god lift up your right hand let me pray with you let us pray together heavenly father i thank you for today i receive jesus as my lord and savior i confess him as the messiah who came to die for my sins he rose again on the third day and by his blood that was shed i have forgiveness of sins thank you for my salvation in jesus name amen Father, thank you. Bless everyone who has given their lives to you. May we never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Good. So those of you online, please, if you give your life to Jesus, I'm sure a number would appear on the screen that would show you to send a WhatsApp so that we can communicate with you and help you to grow in your Christian work. Amen. Good. I don't know whether you're going to do the communion or you do it after. Whichever way. But I, like I told you, I'm on my way to Randberg and uh, I want to be a, I, I take my responsibility seriously and I'll leave no stone unturned to honor my responsibility towards God. Amen. So what I want you to know is that I'm available for counseling. I'm available for interaction with you. I may leave now, but I would make arrangements for us to have interaction. So if you need counseling, you need me to speak with you. Uh, I want you to see uh, Sister C Pastor Cindy. Where is he? Where is she? Lady Pastor Cindy. She's always she's always muttering, eh? Okay. Well, I'm sure. Erin uh, Isaac will you know her so yeah see her we believe you've been blessed by this message to stay connected follow our LCI social media platform